once you find find out what your core values are then you're going to know what makes you happy and it's really that simple um when you find people that you get along with or jobs that you like or um situations that are really pleasing to you usually they match those values so once you know what they are it it's it's a massive mind shift uh, and things change quite rapidly that was rena lauber harry and welcome back to another edition of the harris health and mind podcast first of all i'd like to say thank you for coming on um today's guest is rena lauber harry um she is a qualified life coach nlp practitioner uh actor and drama workshop facilitator and a laughter yoga leader so thank you very much for coming on Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, I just wanted to um, sort of get into, um, yeah, asking you sort of about how you got into um, life coaching, um, again, NLP practitioner, and also, um, yeah, what sort of inspired you very first and foremost to um, help others as well, because I think that's um, important for people to sort of understand the help of you wanting to help others. Sure. Um, well, basically, I was working as an actor for about, I think at that time, maybe about seven or eight years, um, maybe probably a little longer. And um, actually, yeah, I think it was actually 10 years, actually. And um, I got introduced to coaching um, from somebody that was quite close to me. And then they gifted me um, like the first part of being a practitioner, an NLP practitioner. Um, and I went on that course and it totally changed my life I kind of found so many similarities in my approach to life and how things um can kind of manifest within your life for you to like you know basically the actions for you to take and for things to happen um it it just married so well um and that's neuro-linguistic programming NLP so I did that and then um I kind of thought to myself I wanted to follow this um, and I really had a bit of a calling for it. So I decided to enroll on being a practitioner. So I, that's uh, at the status I am now. And uh, yeah, since then, um, I've been coaching one on one. But what's been going on is that I've been also working as an actor as well. And I've kind of developed a program uh, for actors and creatives specifically, which is why I've been quite quiet on the YouTube front recently. And I essentially um, am putting that together. Um, I also did it myself with incredible results. And then this year I've kind of made the decision that I really want to go more into coaching than I want to be an actor. Um, and what I want to help actors and creatives more than anything. Um, and to inspire people to help themselves and to encourage people to um, develop the skills so that they can be consistently managing themselves throughout their career. And yeah, that really excites me. So following that path and going down that road is kind of where I'm at and what motivates me to do the coaching. Brilliant. That sounds very inspiring. With with your um, NLP practitioner, how what was the basis of uh, the learning? So for the for the listeners that are probably listening in and thinking um, they might un- have a slight understanding that it's to do with sort of the programming and and sort of restructuring the mind. What how would you sort of um, describe it to the listeners in terms of uh, the first basis of learning? 
Well, essentially, it's so for us to do anything or to emit some kind of behavior, we do a series of actions. And most of those actions have been developed over time um, through habit. And what NLP does is essentially looks at that process and gives you an opportunity to look at each of those steps and make make a choice on whether or not to change it or not and seeing what happens because usually it's really small incremental changes that lead to the big kind of massive shift. So that's that's essentially what it is. Um, it's it's using exercises and tools and techniques to think in different ways and to be able to put yourself in a different perspective, to be able to shift your mindset immediately. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Tony Robbins. Um, he's very he's he's completely NLP, um, and he also uses other techniques as well. But his main basis is NLP. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what we do. Um, we just look at those processes and help people and ourselves to, to shift um, with ever-changing circumstances and situations. Mm. Uh, yeah, Tony Robbins is one who um, sort of I'm just getting into, I guess I could say. I listened to his podcast with uh, Russell Brand and a few other videos. Um, my brother recently just went to his uh, conference in London a, a couple of weeks ago, actually, um, um, and, and yeah. said it, it was life-changing for him and um, sort of his business and his mindset. Um, and I think that sort of, uh, like you alluded to earlier in terms of the habits, um, do you find when you're working, um, especially within your your one-to-one um, clients, that you're um, starting off with just increment habit changes with them, or how do you sort of go about with working with them? Is it um, just picking up on one or two things to try and change first of all in terms of maybe a positive mindset, or um, yeah, just speak about that? Yeah, I mean, it's like. So the first, usually the first session is just us kind of really getting to know what's going on with the client and finding out where they're at at that moment. Are they in a position where they really want to change? Um, obviously, there is a impetus where they want to um, by giving me a call or whatever. But in terms of how deeply ingrained they are within those patterns already, it kind of gives you an idea of how much work that needs to be done. So what I do is I just gauge that situation and um, then within that, then I see if there's a possibility of us being able to work towards some kind of goal. We, we basically outline um, what it is exactly that they'd like to achieve and whether or not that they can believe that they can get there. Because, I mean, you know, as a coach, I believe anybody is capable of anything, but if they don't, then it's not really, it, it won't work. <laughs> so yeah it's basically gauging them in that first um and seeing if we're right for each other in that first session yeah um yeah for sure i think it's important as well because like you say in terms of habits um also subconsciously i think uh from a young age we are uh, either told certain things we can or can't do um or sort of pushed in directions within life in terms of maybe universities or specific jobs and i think there's a lot of things now with the uh, the younger generation that will either you know go to universities and when they finish or get their degrees they're a bit stuck and 
they feel like they don't really have a purpose and I think subconsciously in the back of their heads it's they want to do something whether it's um, you know get that high paying job or um, sort of go out and help other people but also in the back of their mind I think maybe there is a little bit of that programming if you're from schools or parents from when they were younger sort of that forcefulness do you have that with um, clients that come in that um, are receptive to want to change or want to make changes within their life but are maybe stuck in a certain pattern whether it's a financial gain from a specific job or um, in terms of like wanting to impress parents or not disappoint parents as well how does that sort of work absolutely I see it honestly I, I see it every day in my conversations with people um, in terms of where they want to be and where they desire to be compared to where they believe where they are and where they believe that they can be so you know I've I've spoken to people that have said that they'd like they, they have no idea what they want to do and they'd like to get more money and they hate the job that they're in but that's life and that's what they've got to kind of do in order to get by that's that's the ethic and I can see that that's something that's probably been passed down by parents um because of their own lifestyle and the way and I know that um you know I've definitely had that kind of uh, experience but essentially what you've got to do is you've got to you've got to think outside the box and there has to be a point where you you have to think differently um otherwise it's just going to stay the same and you're going and are you truly happy um within that situation and understanding that and I mean, I always compare it to um, the rusty nail. So basically, it's the nail that we sit on, um, this this nail that, that that basically it's uncomfortable. You know, we'll sit mm. there and we'll poke it, um, you know, but then it isn't until it actually starts to draw blood and really hurt that we're actually going to get up and move. Um, so I think, you know, when people get to that point, to that crucial point where they have to move or they have to do something to change their situation, um usually unfortunately it usually ends up being something quite you know big in terms of a negative aspect so maybe a health issue or maybe a financial issue or maybe a redundancy or something like that or like you know just maybe a, a, a personal situation and then they have the motivation to change um which I've seen happen so many times so I think it's I think, you know, everybody wants to change, but it's very difficult to, even though the, the idea is extremely simple. Um, it is simple, um, but it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, and I think if people give that credit and then understand that it's not, you know, people are not overnight successes and it doesn't happen, you know, straight away, it's, it's small incremental decisions that are taken every day that are massed to, to climbing that mountain which is where you want to be basically mm, for sure do you do you find that um schools have a have a just as big a responsibility to um creating that as sort of the parents as well because i find that some schools um do a good job in my area um with in terms of uh, different types of learning different uh, bringing in different types of sports and 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 the mental side of things but when I was growing up in schools it was it was a lot about um sort of getting education leaders in and thinking about you know what university you're going to go to even from the likes of you know year eight onwards it was all sort of boarded towards right what's your 
what are you going to do for the rest of your life type thing? What's going to yeah. be your job? It was, it was never a case of getting in people that were talking about how you can have a positive impact on the world. Um, you know, you get one or two of the charities that would come in and sort of talk about the works that would do, they were doing stuff, places like Africa and, and other places, or if there was um, tsunamis, people that would go over and, and do nice things there. But it was never a case of um, you as an individual having um, maybe the potential to help others in in any aspect of life it was more gauged towards okay what are you going to do um to sort of make a, a financial gain or um you know a levels of degrees or masters and things like that do you think that they have a responsibility as well to pass down a, a different type of message to what we're probably um pushing now absolutely i think it's you know it, the, the game has to change now because you know, the, the world is just requiring different things these days. And people who are in those kind of jobs are finding that, you know, they're kind of burning out, um, you know, where they have to be like constantly high achieving. Um, and I feel like what the, the kind of cultivation of our individuality is so key in us being able to have something that is sustainable throughout our life and also very personal to us so that we believe that we're giving this contribution um I feel um you know even though it is a high paid it may be a high paid job and it, it's really great and you really enjoy it in terms of the the contribution that you're giving on a on a kind of gen uh, to to basically as a service um I think that that's kind of what people are really striving for as opposed to just the money if um obviously the thing is, is that usually I found when people are doing what they're supposed to be doing, they they do earn a lot of money through it. And they're mm. also um, basically fulfilling their needs and their values uh, within themselves to 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 be of service to um, others as well. And and bringing joy, really. Um, I think that's that's the main thing. And kind of, you know, everybody wants to be happy, essentially. Mm. Um and I think that's what, you know, if people think that they want to be rich or whatever, you know, essentially it's to be happy because being rich would make you happy. Because what would being rich mean? Being rich would, for me personally, would mean that it would be it would be freedom. It would be complete, utter freedom to do whatever I liked. I'd be able to go away on holiday whenever I liked or I'd be able to travel wherever I liked. I'd be able to study as much as I liked. I'd be able to put things out and make projects happen as much as I liked. That's what money means to me um, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of value and service, which essentially comes down to, you know, giving that thing to other people, being of service to other people. So I think that that, if that was cultivated more within the system um and i think that that comes from the top down you know it's it's because we've got these old systems in place that have allowed that to happen and allowed that to kind of take place but now with the generations that we have um of of uh, industries coming forward it's really important for you to make your own niche and your own job um for you to find out what it is exactly that you can create um because then nobody else will be able to provide that and even though you know there can be a million chefs or a million teachers or a million doctors but nobody will be able to do it exactly in that same way as you do um you know there's no other like um podcast show like the same with anything you know it's the it, it, it's your own personal brand and I think that that's 
refining that and really making that as loud and as clear as possible and you getting clarification on who you are is going to be the key thing to you being able to create a really great career for yourself yeah excellently put I couldn't put it better myself um in terms of in terms of yourself and um obviously uh, training and and getting qualified to to help others um what sort of shifts did you have um within um whether your it was your acting career your personal life what sort of shift did you have to make within you know your mindset and and maybe sort of old habits that you you found that you was you're still picking up maybe as you were learning and it was almost that little flick or that little frustration that you was like right I need to get out of that to you know um to sort of progress myself forwards what sort of things did you sort of come through um or even still to this day that you find that you sort of maybe slip back into and have to sort of work out um to yeah make yourself um more progressful in life yeah that's that's a great question um it's 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 a constant thing. Um, it's I think it's an everyday thing. Which again, mentioning habits and patterns of behaviour, um, that's that's the thing that's had to change. Um, I I had to really really think about myself as an actor and give myself, and because I was getting really great results with my own work as a coach, doing that through the acting, I thought to myself, okay, so what is it that I want, and I had to be really clear with myself and it took a long time to get there. Um, I, I kind of went on a journey with the coaching and I was coaching on it. I kind of went quite full on into the coaching and then I was like, oh gosh, what about the acting? What's going to happen with that? And then, and then when I had developed this program, I thought to myself, let me just put it into practice and see whether or not it works. And it did massively, but then I, I found myself getting the dream jobs that I'd always want, and I wasn't fulfilled at all. I wasn't, I wasn't liking what I was getting, even though in in other people's eyes, when I was talking to them about what I was doing, they just, I just really didn't like it. And I think it came to a head actually, really at the beginning of this year, where um, I do this, um, I do a meditation called Vipassana. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, basically it's where you go into silence for 10 days um, and you kind of completely cut yourself off from the world um, for those 10 days and I try to go every year and um, I came to a big realization last year uh, at the end of last year beginning of this year that you know if I had a Netflix series um, where I'd be working there for two years as a lead role or if I was able to coach 2,000 actors um, or you know actors over or creatives over two two years what would I do and in a heartbeat I'd go for the coaching so I think if you if you kind of like put those questions to yourself which I constantly do um so that I can make a like the right decision what my heart really wants me to do um then I know that I'm going to be on the right track and I think it's been a big journey in trusting myself and trusting what I'm doing is right for me and really knowing that fine-tuning my intuition that's been the main journey I think mm. and I think that's such a such an important um lesson to everyone listening in as well that the fact that you know you're um a qualified life coach NLP practitioner um you know and 
you're still going through the steps within your life like you were speaking about earlier with these dream jobs that um, others were thinking that were you know perfect for you and and you didn't necessarily feel fulfilled I think that's important for people to listen and hear and think that it's everyone that has um, things that they go through within life it's not necessarily high paid actors or actresses or um, professional athletes that don't go through um, feelings and emotions. I think that's really important for people to hear that um, there's there's always something that at different stages in your life, if you're happy, comfortable, and like you say, you trust yourself, uh, you don't need to make, necessarily force something to happen. And like you said, within um, those job roles that came up, you wanted to do something that you feel fulfilled. And I think that's that's important to hear from people. Just in terms of trusting yourself, what would you say that are sort of the steps that people can take to sort of understanding how that they can how they can trust themselves moving forwards, whether that be um, again sort of progressive. So in terms of people that are receptive to um, wanting to take things like meditation or yoga, or if it's just people that want to um, just help themselves they might be um, very difficult at making decisions whether that be something as as simple as uh i don't know what place to go and get their food shopping and it takes them half an hour to decide or or what mm-hmm. to do with their week what what sort of things can you do in terms of sort of saying or suggesting um that people can try and help themselves to trust themselves so I think um, knowing that we have a certain amount of decision making juice in inverted commas uh each day is really important. Um, I think, you know, it's very easy for us to make decisions first thing in the morning, but to but to do it later on in the evening, it's quite difficult or in the afternoon. Um, and, you know, we, we've only got that certain amount of kind of uh, ability to be able to do that. So creating something really, really strong in the morning, a morning routine, a really good book I can recommend is called The Morning Miracle, um, which um, basically helps you to instigate kind of a morning routine uh, tailored to how you can do it um, within your own kind of uh, boundaries. And once that's kind of in place, that that gives you a good kind of uh, base to work from. Um, Also, getting into the habit of being able to just make the decision really quickly. I, I, I'm, I'm quite known um, to basically ask, okay, so what is it? What's the decision? What's the first thing that comes into your head after I ask you the, this question? Don't go, um, ah, uh, or think about it. I just want you to give the first answer right now. And I do that with myself constantly. Mm-hmm. So I encourage others to do that. Um, just go over that first thing. Uh, usually the first thing is the right thing um, and also asking what your heart would do not your mind but your heart not what you think you should be doing but what you truly feel is right you've got an internal compass that basically if you're making a decision that doesn't feel good y- you can feel it within your body um, you can feel that something feels not right it's it's like kind of like maybe you've said yes to something and you're like oh no I really wish I didn't say yes to that Th- that's the decision already made you 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 should have said no then and then that that kind of gives you an indication of what it is so maybe take a moment to to really see how the question sits within you and then make a decision within that is does it feel good or does it feel bad if it feels good most of the time it's a good thing and if it feels bad then yeah 
you know, are you going to regret it? And that's another question I also ask myself. Am I going to regret it if I don't do it? That's that's a big one. So if I if I've got a um uh, an event or maybe um something to do or I've been given a choice on something or a, or a, something to speak at, um, am I going to regret it if I don't do it? Um, so I always ask myself that question. Um, and I would also say taking time to listen to yourself. So I feel like meditation is something that should be definitely taught within schools. Um, it's so important for people to listen to themselves and, and it's not all about quietening the thoughts and the mind because that's Im- impossible to do, but it's being able to just observe what's going on and not be so involved in reacting to it which I think is really important um and because we spend so much time on social media and on our phones it can be quite difficult to to do that so I think we need it more so now than ever so so five minutes quiet time as well for first thing in the morning and last thing at night is really useful just to recalibrate one to themselves and just be in touch with themselves so that they can they can feel confident in the future that that they're able to make those decisions mm, for sure and I think um you, you touched on regret as well and and in terms of I think it is key for for people to understand if they do decide to do something which they um, may later regret is to try and maybe take something from that um, whether that's a message or or whether that's a positive from whatever it was like you said if it was um, somewhere where you was doing a talk or um, an event you did try and maybe take something positive from that maybe negative um, if that if that came out of that event or or talk or whatever you did and I think if you can try and take something positive from a negative it, it doesn't um, sit so um, harshly, I think, with people within making decisions in the future. Um, and also, also with meditation, I think um, it's really, really key, like you touched on, is trying to find some time, whether that's first thing in the morning, um, when you normally set your phone alarm off or whatever it may be, or last thing, last thing before you go to bed. And um, just try not to get frustrated because I know a few people who have said you know I've tried meditation but I can't switch off or my mind just wanders and I think it for them to understand that is part of the process we are so heavily switched on on you know what our day is going to be what we have to do at work our um, calendar what that what does that look like and then looking at social media for probably 25% of the day and uh, making sure that I have to you know get food in or making sure I'm seeing my friends today there's so much in our minds that we're continuously focused on until we go to bed I think it's important that even when we are sitting down is to understand that there is going to be you know like a monkey mind that it, it wanders and I think it's just understanding that that's fine and over time you know just try and gradually take something in if you're doing meditation outside take in the trees that are blowing or the birds that are whistling you know you don't have to over focus because I think that over focus sometimes shadows away from you know the the sort of stillness or the quietness from the meditation you can take from it also Absolutely. Yeah. Really um, nice exercise I use with my clients is basically 
and when they're thinking about things that go that that are just there they're whirring in their mind or going on that kind of circle and spiral a descent of thought um I get them to describe something that's immediately in front of them to themselves so maybe they might just stick their hand in front of themselves and then look at the lines and just describe the lines on their hand and the colors and everything that's in front of them which takes them away from that those thoughts and just puts them straight into the present moment they might see a car that's outside because I do a lot of my coaching sessions outside mm. um so I, I get them to observe things that are outside, like the trees, as you said, or or maybe the sky or just something just to get them to describe that to me for like two, three minutes. And it helps you to just get back into the moment and just stay there. So that tends to be quite useful. For sure. I think that there's, um, there's a, a meditation practice itself, uh, the guided meditation of uh, just body. So just feeling different parts of your body as well. So if you're, I don't know if you've heard of it, but if you're, you're sitting in, a, in an open space is when you are finding you are becoming distracted is just feeling different parts of your body to, like you said, refocus and recenter. I think that's uh, another a useful tool as well. Um, I just want to sort of touch on social media that you spoke about as well. How do you think um, social media impacts um, our thought processes now as to um, one, what we uh, we see capable of that, what, that we can actually do and, and two, um, sort of like the positives and, and negatives of social media itself that, that impacts us? Well, I think um, social media is an amazing thing, um, but it's like, it's kind of like fire in a way. Um, we have to use it in our, in, in a way that's useful to us. Otherwise it can just overtake us and completely like devour us. You know, it's, uh, um, it, it can be really, really hard. And I'm, I'm kind of glad in a way that I didn't have social media when I was in school mm -hmm. or the internet, because, you know, I, life would have been a lot harder. It's really tough, um, especially for um, younger people to, to have that. Um, but for, for people who know how to use it I think that it, it, it's an it's an incredible tool and I think that would also be really useful to tackle that in schools um also to have classes in social media and being able to use it to a better advantage as opposed to just banning it um because it kind of makes it go underground so I just think it's just a little bit, um, if, if we had more knowledge on how to utilize it, I think it would be really useful. But right now, I think um, there is a tendency to, to kind of get stuck in social media and to be looking at things, maybe um, comparing. Instagram is quite dangerous for that. Um, and I've heard a lot of things um and seen some stuff uh, about how people get affected by things in social media. Um, also, the um, just having your phone next to you. I think that's that's the habit. You know, we we have it kind of sometimes attached to ourselves, and I think you know that that that's something that could be addressed. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. Mm. Uh, it's like a yin and yang. You can't have one without the other. I think it's if you're. I think if you're deliberately trying to stay away from it at all costs there's always going to be that point where you come back um mm -hmm. and, and whether you um you know put a lot of focus into it whether it's for your business I think that's a you know that's a good tool but like exactly like you said in terms of managing it I think um I think that's 
that's an important tool in terms of um, sort of in terms of the the positive sides of social media. How how do you think that can um, you know impact us going forwards? Because you, I think we're only going to see social media just keep growing and growing. But in terms of um, the positive impacts, how do you think social media can affect um, you know our our thought processes in in a positive way? Do you feel like um, there will be uh, again maybe something like a new app that maybe come out and it's it's all positive or do you feel like that's that's a far stretch um i i don't think anything can be either all negative or all positive i think it's uh definitely it's it's a mix of both i think you've got it quite on the head with the yin yang um and i think it's just being able to harness it it's being able to to see what your limit is how it affects your life and really kind of work with it in that way i think I think social media is really great for um, for for businesses and because the first thing that people do is they look at social media um, on, on business websites. So I, I think it's it's highly important to make sure that you're putting out good content. And I think if you're putting out things that are really good and really kind of positive in the respect of your business and and honest as well and upfront, I think that tends to be really valuable to your customers and helps helps people helps you to attract your tribe essentially, the people that are going to be following you, the people that are going to be on your same wavelength and sharing your same values so yeah any any kind of thing that comes forward in terms of social media I think using it in moderation and also for a positive aspect in terms of promoting your business and not being too hung up on it um just coming and going with the flow of it really um and being kind of mindful of that will I'm sure will ensure success in the usage of that so yeah that's yeah positively i think i think it's key exactly what you said there in terms of um you know who who you follow um the honesty of your content because i think a lot of people can like you say can easily sway depending on um if it's edit cuts and things like that and making things seem or making your life seem um you know uh either really rich if if you're showing that side of your personality on social media or you know you're a really um inspiring happy person and and people know the the other side to you i think that's really important but i think the other thing that that you touched on was the people that you follow as well i think that's i think that's very very important and if you're following the types of people that are giving you positive energy or uh, you know you're following someone who is giving off um uh, good vibes uh, to you personally and and that's on a consistent basis with uh, say 80 percent of your followers i think that's you you're only going to get a, um, a really um, inspiring message from those people whereas I think that at times we get probably sucked into following people who um, negate a, a negative message or you know um, hate towards a certain group of people or a certain section of people and um, I think there's that side of us that you know gets drawn and sucked into that part and that's I think where the energy sapping comes from social media as well which is um yeah i think some people hard to get away from absolutely i think it's a bit i also think it's curiosity you know we we, Mm. we're like curious to see what's going on we we want to know what they're thinking why they're thinking like that and maybe 
they're kind of pulling on a little thread of of something that we might have experienced and maybe we were thinking and and then we go down that rabbit hole of really kind of following them or looking at what they're posting um but there i mean th- this is why we're so lucky we have this element of freedom of speech where we're able to say pretty much whatever we like and it's I think that that's really important to nurture, regardless of whether or not it's, uh, you know, good or bad. I think it's it's what we kind of attract ourselves to. You know, there's, there's going to be those elements regardless. It's just whether or not we partake within those those elements and what feels good for us. Um, obviously, I'm not going to encourage that, but like, you know, it's it's there. It's it's the reality. And I think that, you know, being mindful of that, um, of that is going to be really important to us being able to to make conscious decisions about where we where we put our attention because wherever attention goes energy flows so it's just really um important for us to to know what's you know what's giving us value um and the thing is is that with like the negative messages usually it's because people are attuning to certain values of their listeners or their watchers or their followers. Um, it's, that's, that's what's happening. And then they're basically riding this momentum of that. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's interesting to discern like where it is that you stand and being in touch with who you are and who your values are and what they are. Um, that's going to be really important in terms of how you use the tools around you to, to become what you want to be. And I think that's that's also with social media. So, yeah. And I think um, it's also where, you know, where we are in our current state of, you know, of life um, sort of sometimes attracts from who we may follow and and what we want to sort of bring into our um, bring into our, um, you know, social media as well. I think that's, you know, an important message Um, in terms of the the life coaching side of things. if if I'm coming to you and and I'm saying that I I'm I'm really really negative all the time on um, someone else's you know positivity or someone else's um, progression, um, what would you say in terms of uh, something that I I may need to do in terms of turning that into uh, or you could call it jealousy essentially as well, um, but in terms of uh, maybe re-cro- reprogramming. Um, my my state of mind to you know something that isn't jealousy or that could potentially be positive in the future um what I would do is I'd probably get you to look at what it is about that situation that's really um that's really kind of generating these feelings of envy or jealousy um and what's the difference between this person and yourself and just looking at that and bridging that gap um and seeing that you know that there probably are more similarities than there are differences it just happens to be in terms of the circumstances and the the events that are going on and the steps that they've taken um you know um i i would essentially i'd, I'd get to look i mean with a client i'd typically start to monitor the thoughts that are going on and the thoughts that essentially trigger off those feelings because for me that would be a you know a a trigger on one of the negative core belief patterns that are occurring within that client that's suffering from that jealousy so something's going on that's 
that's basically making them feel in a way that they're not you know that they're not on the same level as this person that they're that they're jealous of so then what we would do is we would look at those look at the thoughts that come up when when say for example you hear something that this person has done or you um or or basically uh, maybe come into contact with them and have a conversation and how you feel after that so i'd identify your thoughts through that get you to record those um which is a, similar to a cbt uh, cognitive behavioral therapy technique and then um look at those and then from there we start to discern what your negative core beliefs are about yourself and how those negative core beliefs are triggered by your um interactions with this person or thoughts about this person or maybe even other events that have occurred and then you might see this person or hear about this person and it could be you know the straw that breaks the camel's back it could be like the last thing so once you identify that and break it down then you can see that and then um you look at your negative core belief what it is that's being triggered by these events and then we work on how to restructure and re reframe that negative core belief and provide evidence that goes against that so that when you come up against this or see this person or maybe hear about this person it won't affect you as much because that negative core belief isn't being triggered mm, excellent so that, that's how i'd work with it yeah um i just wanted to ask that question because also on the flip side um you know you, you may have had clients that have come over to you and um and that you've really helped and that but then they've come back to you and said look i'm feeling really positive with my life um you know i'm, I'm i feel like i may be transmitting uh, more positive energy or i'm just more positive as a person in general now um but i find that maybe you know uh, certain colleagues of mine or or maybe sort of sort of family members or friends uh you know every time i'm trying trying to be positive or or if um you know a conversation comes up and there's maybe a bit of uh, to and fro in and i'm and i seem to be the sort of voice of reason and they seem to sort of you know go fully on them or or, or really negative towards that person um how how would you deal with someone that maybe says, "Look, I feel like I'm changing, but the people maybe around me or the closest to me um, sort of can't maybe accept or get frustrated when that person tries to, you know, emit positive um, vibrations towards those people that are maybe negative within that environment." Well, I mean, I would say probably it would be a clear indicator to remove yourself from those situations. Um, if you can't because it's work or some other kind of situation, um, then I would mainly focus on what I was doing and also what um, what are the positive aspects within my workspace and how that how can I, I how I can empower myself through those um, those things. Um, so for example, like I may be, yes, I am going through these changes, but there's also people that are not ready to see that change. Um, but then it's also, it's also, you know, that's, that's up to them if they decide that's a big thing as well. Everybody is like, you know, it's, it's nothing, their reaction, and this is quite difficult to, to grasp sometimes, but their reaction is nothing to do with you. It's to do with them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's only to do with them because it's their choice on how to react to you. And 
you know, no matter sometimes, you know, that's why there's a lot of issues around, say, for example, people pleasing, when people are trying to do everything that they can to placate everyone around them, and be this happy, joyful person, they end up burning out, because they, they can't, it's absolutely impossible to, to be able to please everyone. Um, uh, I heard this saying, you can be the ripest, juiciest peach, but not everyone likes peaches. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's you just you just have to concentrate on you doing you, to be honest with you. And, you know, be pleasant, be nice um, be polite. Um, and, you know, obviously don't, you know, I, I wouldn't say, yeah, just just stand up for yourself. But I would say do it within within context and within reason. You can just step away. And just be like, right, okay, I'm choosing not to listen to this. I'm choosing not to partake in this. There are people and there are things. I'm doing this job maybe. And maybe if there's nobody in the job or anything like that, that's actually giving you any kind of positivity, then maybe you can realize that this is something that's funding you to do other things mm. um, that are more positive with your life. Um, remember that this is, and everything is temporary. I know that, you know, everybody, it, there, there's a tendency to feel that things are, are permanent but everything is temporary everything can change so that's also quite reassuring as well so yeah that's how i'd i'd mm. get them for sure and i think it's also important to maybe understand that it, it's down to you if you allow that person or persons to affect you know your emotions or how you're then feeling at, at that moment yeah. in time if you if you've gone in uh maybe to you know a family meal and 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 you're positive and people you know are negative or um or trying to bring you down i think that's important to understand that you're in control of you know your emotions your words um your feelings um and if you can whatever that case may be if it's you know, taking the positives from that situation or stepping aside or um, just sort of accepting that person's viewpoint as well. I think that's important at times and understanding that they're not going to agree with you. Like you said, that people might not be receptive to um, to necessarily change at their moment in that time in their life. It's just understanding that they're not necessarily a bad person, but they don't just agree with you and you've got to sort of accept that as well, I think. Yeah, they're just in a different space. They're just in a different place, but they're they're there in your life for a reason. They're they're you know they are people. Um, so you've just got to really just and it, it's nice for you actually to be in a position where you're you know in a in a really good positive state because then that means that you can really essentially be there for them in whatever way it is. Um, yeah, coming down and like kind of like or, or just coming to their kind of level of understanding. Um, matching is a really useful tool where you kind of talk on the same level you may not be saying the same things but you're using the same tones intonations and matching them in a way um, and and kind of doing it in a way that's that's subtle but it helps them to to help them think that you understand them better and it creates that rapport and it, it's quite nice, actually. Um, the person who introduced me to NLP, um, he always used to go up to people that were quite confrontational and he'd be really intent on being able to make them his friends afterwards, mm. which was really interesting. So it's thinking about that kind of thing. I mean, you know, that's that's pretty extreme, but it's it's a good it's a good concept to have in mind. You know, you. Uh, or, or there's another there's another saying as well um I can't remember who said it I think it's I don't like that man I must get to know him better so yeah, yeah I think it's 
I think it was Abraham Lincoln. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's it's a good concept I think to have. You know, when I when I see situations that I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I always feel like uh, speaking and having a conversation and and just being receptive. Sometimes even just listening. I think that's that's really great. Like just just listening and observing and waiting and seeing what happens rather than wanting to do anything to make it better or to duplicate the situation, I think is pretty good. So mm. that, un- that understanding um, aspect, I think, is, is really important because we come from loads of different backgrounds, loads of different um, personality traits. And like you said, if we can go in with um, that viewpoint that we can understand the individual or um, the context of where they're coming from, um, that creates a much easier open dialogue for the individuals to come to maybe in an agreement or an understanding that, you know, there isn't um, either friction, hate or sort of bias towards what they're saying. And I think, like you said, there's there's easier dialogue that can come out from the, the individuals at that point of just, yeah, like you're saying, understanding, sitting back and, and listening. So, so that's a really good point. I'm going to take that on in, in board in future. So thank you for that. If you, if you like that, I would advise you reading a book um, by Dale Carnegie. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't have the greatest of titles, but it is an incredible book. Um, it's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. Yeah, it's an incredible book. I must say, like I've, I've put techniques into that within minutes and I've seen results. It's been really insane, especially in quite close situations, like with family or things like that, which tend to be, sometimes they can be quite volatile. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting to observe it. Brilliant. I'll give that one a, a little read up. Um, <laughs> in terms of uh, laughter yoga, can you sort of just elaborate on in what sort of um, environment that would be sort of placed in and the types of individuals or individual that would be sort of based around? Is that is this a technique that's anyone can do or anyone can be involved in? Yeah, absolutely. Anyone can be involved in it. Um, basically, the body doesn't um, can't tell the difference between fake and real laughter or fake and real smiles. Mm. So if you just start laughing, your body will just see it as you laughing and before you know it you actually will be laughing um and I mean even me thinking about it is is making me smile so it's it's one of those things and anybody can be involved any age and what what happens is that um we do exercises in groups uh together and just encouraging laughter and there's there's also quite there's a bit of physical contact as well so basically one of the exercises is where we're all laying with our heads on each other's bellies and like so in a kind of circle and um yeah then we laugh so you can feel the laughter coming from the person mm. that you're long, that your head is on and then yeah. obviously that will be the impetus to to make you laugh um also there's um other exercises where you're looking at each other and just laughing um and it's it's for all age ranges and um it's really fun to do outside because it's like it's like playing a big game really to be honest with you um but um the the benefits of it is that you're just feeling so much more uplifted and so much better you know after you've been laughing hard for a while you know you you really do feel the difference it's like you've been working out so um you know i just yeah it's it that's pretty much what it is um Mm. and uh, it lasts for about half an hour 
And uh, yeah, it's just a little bit of sunshine for people's days, really, especially in the winter months when we haven't got the sun. So mm, for sure, is it? Do you still get? Um, I guess people probably uh, listening that that maybe go to classes and stuff and are looking to focus on maybe the breath or the flexibility. Is it? Is there still sort of that? emphasis on the techniques of yoga but just with the added laughter or is it sort of completely different um, oh, no. sort of structure yeah it's a completely different kind of structure it's literally just laughter exercises exercises in in being able to harness laughter and being able to laugh in different ways and seeing where the laughter comes from so you know the difference between like like why does the laughter transfer into real laughter if you're faking it you know what what's what's the things behind it but it's also not thinking too much about it and just doing mm. it and getting involved and being able to loosen up and just create that freedom within the body that allows you to to basically express yourself and within that the breath automatically kind of becomes better because you're in a much more relaxed state and you'll you, you'll find that you're breathing from a deeper place anyway, as opposed to from the chest when you first started in the session. Um, uh, and also, your body is just energized, and your cells are kind of alive with this joy that your body is kind of generating. It's this electricity that just kind of just jump starts everything. So it's not an official kind of uh, a yoga as such, but it was given that name by the founders. So. Mm. That's interesting. I have to give that a little look into. Um, within your, um, you spoke earlier within your um, acting, um, and you you put together a program for you know for actors. What what are you looking to do in the future in terms of um, your your coaching and, and acting together? Okay, well, um, this is why I've been so kind of quiet um, over the last year or two, and it's because I'm. I'm currently rebranding my coaching um, into a, um, uh, the name is going to be an, an artist prepared. And basically it's specifically for artists and creatives um, to uh, manifest and also to basically conduct, uh, create a plan for themselves that they can follow. Um, Self-employed creatives can find it pretty difficult. And I've spoken to thousands over the years that, have have gone through this kind of up and down of finding work and being in a really great place where they're doing really great jobs they're working with the biggest names in the industries in in the industry that they're in and then all of a sudden it's back to the coffee shop job that they're working and um you know trying to earn money and pay the rent so how do you enable consistent motivation throughout your career and not get down dejected by your lack of work or mm. or by when you're not working let's say how do you make it um really productive for yourself and um i was doing this one-on-one -on -one with uh actors um over the last couple of years and I've realized that it's more beneficial for groups of actors, big groups of people to be doing this amongst themselves so that not only can they um, relate to each other, um, they can also create a community of support for one another. And what it is I'm doing is essentially I'm looking to be running days and workshops um, where I'm speaking to quite a lot of people in order to just get them to help themselves and develop this plan so they come away with 
having a plan, being a lot more um, productive, like being a lot more motivated and a lot more inspired that the fact that they are actors and yeah, they may not get jobs all the time, but that's it, you know, and more, more than likely they end up, um, they do end up working consistently after that because their mindset has shifted. So I, I just want to give that to as many people as possible. And um, I'm currently in the throes of launching that. So that's what's happening. Sounds very inspiring. I think what you said as well in terms of uh, the group actors, I think it's that isolation, isn't it, where sometimes people, especially self-employed, um, like you said, maybe go through a period of um, large amounts of work and then either back to um, finding little part-time jobs. I think it, there's that from the mindset of you know isolation, whereas if you can come together as little groups or um, you know workshops where people are coming together on a frequent basis and there is that feedback or um, little tips of motivation to keep people going. I think, like you said, the shift of mindset will come relatively quickly with your program. Yeah, absolutely. And also just not being afraid to ask the questions that are, you know, it's, it's again, coming back to habits. What is it about what you're doing right now that's putting you in the position that you are in right now? So how can, what is it? What is it that you're actually doing? And being honest with yourself about it. Yeah, actually, I'm getting up and I'm hitting the snooze button like until nine o'clock or whatever, or like an hour later, and then I'm having to rush for work. What is it that I can do that I can, maybe I can get up a little bit earlier and do some writing, or maybe I can get up a little bit earlier and, um, you know, do something with my body. What is it that I can do um, to just basically make small little things, small little changes that when I'm not working, because usually if you're like, for example, being an actor or um, on set, like you might end up being on set from like four or five in the morning or being picked up at that time. And then you don't have that. You don't have that. You'd be filming or whatever. You'll be on set for 16 hours a day. Um, and then you, you'll be coming home. But then on the days where you're not working, what do you do? Do you just kind of like chill out and use that as the day? Or do you, um, you know, to do, to do whatever you want? Or do you kind of structure that day so that, you know, you can really make it as productive as possible towards finding your next job, towards creating more work for yourself, um, just to feel or maybe working on, say, writing or creating something that's going to help you to give value um, to your days rather than just relying on what, you know, what the work is, essentially, which I think a lot of people do. They just kind of think, oh, yeah, it's going to be that job that's going to make me big. It's going to be that that theatre production that's going to make me big. And from the people that I've studied that are doing really well within the industry, I've got some really lovely friends that are doing so well. And it's so incredible to watch their progress. And I've been studying their mindset compared to the people who are not. Um, so basically, it's about um, it's between nine, uh, five and ten percent of actors that are constantly in work these days. Um, the other ninety, ninety-five percent are not. They're doing other things. So what's the difference between this five percent and the mindset of that five percent and ten percent that is different to the people who are not working? And how can I get people to um, uh, impart that? What are they doing on their days off? What are they doing in their spare time? How are they thinking? How are they talking to themselves? What kind of conversations are they having? What kind of posts they're putting on Instagram and Facebook? Um, you know, just basically modeling their, their behavior so that I can impart that mm. to people who need it. 
so yeah i think i think sometimes as well fear comes it'd be interesting to see the amount of percentage of um fear that comes into those um percentages that are maybe without work as well and like you said marketing themselves i think some people i i probably include myself in this category some people probably not as comfortable as others in terms of marketing um, themselves or their brand or getting themselves out there as much I think for me essentially as well probably a little bit of fear comes in at times but I, I know once I'm sort of in that groove then that sort of fear goes away um, so it'd be interesting to see you know the the percentages of um, the people like you say that are continuously working to those that aren't and and you know that fear because after a while I guess you know, if they don't get that job or, um, you know, they haven't had a job for six months, I guess little bits of fear subconsciously, like you said, if they're hitting the snooze button late, um, what they're saying to themselves, that, that will only enhance, um, the duration that they're, they're out of work as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It puts them in that vibration. So that it's just basically about raising the vibration and getting that like to a level where they feel that, you know, you're in a completely different vibration when you're in a good space as opposed to like when you're in a space when you're not so good. And just understanding the ebbs and flows of the, those are really important and just not, not to stay in understanding that neither is permanent, neither will stay and um, one will either come or go. It may be a bit of time, but that's that's clearly the the, the time you need to to put yourself into that place. Um, something that someone said to me the other day, another coach, actually, she said to me that, um, you know, people think about that they're not qualified to do something or, you know, why they shouldn't do something. But why shouldn't they? You know, who who are they not to do it? You know, and I think that that's a really important shift. Um, you know, why not? You know, it's 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 the best thing that you can give. And I feel that if you can really embrace that and just go for it, you know, it, nothing but good can come from it, to be fair. Um, the fear is going to be there constantly. It will, I will be very surprised for somebody who doesn't have fear. I was watching, um, I don't know if you've seen it, Free Solo, which is this yes, film about very, Alex very Hunter. good. Yes, yeah. I, I don't know. Do you? Um, are you a climber? No, not at all. But I, I listened to uh, Rich Roll's podcast, and he had him on, and I watched the film, and it was just incredible just to see that. And again, I, I was trying to analyze him throughout the film and just understand it. You know, it was clearly a goal of his from a young age, and obviously his his dad. Um, that you could tell his mind's it was it was tunnel vision, wasn't it, in terms of his focus? But you could see as the film or the documentary went on, there was that little little increments of fear that came in after little. I won't spoil it for people that haven't watched it, but for little things that then happened and little accidents along the way as well. Yeah, and I think it, I think it's really useful because he's. He's such an incredible climber. And, you know, I, I remember when I first started climbing, like he he really inspired me. But, you know, just to think of the levels. But they they actually studied him and they said that he's got like lower levels of fear than most people, which is really interesting, which allows him to do the things that he does. But I think is I think I think just to understand that everybody has the fear. Everybody. It's 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 there. Um there's you know there's this sense of isolation um, um and people thinking that they are the only ones 
And I think that's what led me to do the YouTube videos, especially about um, how I kind of got myself out of depression um, and how, you know, I, I really felt kind of alone at that point. And I knew that all I had was the camera and I, I had an ability to be able to communicate to a camera. So I thought, you know what, let me just put this out there and, and talk to the camera. And, and lo and behold, everything kind of came to, together. And I've been meaning to make so many more videos. Um, but it's, I, I think, you know, you've just got to put it out there and just get rid of the fear. I mean, I was super fearful because I knew that my friends and my family were going to be watching these videos and they were going to be like knowing exactly what was going on in my head. And also maybe some of my clients would be watching these videos, but I thought it was important to, to put out how it was that I was going to make sure that I was going to cure myself. I was going to be in a state where I knew I'd be able to manage myself. How could I do this myself um, without any drugs or without any kind of, um, well, I did go and see a therapist, but essentially it was the talking and the meditation that really, and being with myself that really helped and facing my fear and understanding that the fear is something that's really important. It's, it's what, it's what causes you to move. So it's, it's, it's essential for, to be there. It's just, what do we do with it? Do we, do we let it take over us or do we transmute it and manifest it into something that really helps us to create something incredible? So Mm, that's very important like you said in terms of your your own depression um it, i think it is about grasping that fear and like you said speaking into a camera is essentially releasing um part of that fear and obviously you've put that out there but um it, it could be the same as speaking to a therapist you're you're still releasing um things that you had inside of you that you wanted to get out whether that's a positive message or whether that's how you're feeling at that moment in time um that release is in itself um just as powerful i think as um you know going to maybe see someone um and relying on the information that they may give you as to yourself putting out and releasing your feelings as well yeah definitely i agree it's um yeah in terms of um yourself now and and in terms of uh your business are you um still solely working on uh, one-to-ones or are you looking at um, getting your program off um, with the actors um, in the near future? Um, I'm, I'm still occasionally seeing people one-to-one um, but um, my, my main focus is, is on the group coaching really mm. um, and being able to get people together um, to, to help themselves and get them introduced to the program really. So yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah. The reason I ask is when you have, you know, the group coaching, do you find that there's, you know, maybe say four or five that are really receptive and you might have a couple that hang back? Do you find that there's um, either one or two that after the the sessions or the workshops that maybe come to you and that uh, maybe open up a bit more because they're a bit more comfortable in, in that environment after? Or how have you find the group workshops and sort of the adjustments up afterwards? Yeah, absolutely. And also I watch them as well. So I mm. I see how how they kind of come together and how they may open up with each other as opposed to just with me. Um and yeah, they'll they'll come to me afterwards, but more often than not I'll see them with themselves together 
um and you know they they make these connections through the groups and they, they they just find kind of kindred spirits people that they find more things in common with that that really help them to feel better about their situation um so yeah i mean it, everyone's you know scared to some point about what they're about to approach because you know you're about to change some habits so you're about to to, to challenge things that you've been doing for a while so that is scary um and also being very vulnerable within the group but when everybody starts talking about it it's really lovely to hear the feedback from from people saying you know I, I thought it was just me but it's not you know it's really useful to hear um him say that because like you know I, I I've just felt the same this whole time it, it's so lovely to see people just feeding and vibing off of each other um so yeah I think that's been the biggest thing within my group sessions Mm. Um, and I just want to make this bigger because I feel like it could even like the movement could be so much it could be like a wave you know it's like Mm. so people and 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 creating those kind of communities where they have that support for each other um as you said freelancers entrepreneurs um self-employed creatives it's it is really lonely um, so you and you have to make an effort, you know, to to be able to get out there and to to I, I'm not um, network isn't my key of my word of choice. But, you know, I, I just like it. I like seeing it as getting to know people and going out there and meeting people as opposed to saying networking. Yeah, for okay. sure. Well, yeah, I'm more, I'm more concentrated on the on the relationships I form with people rather than, you know, and, and knowing about them. You know, that's that's a lot more interesting to me rather than just networking. So. <laughs> For sure. Well, I was going to ask you, just touching on, on what you just said there in terms of when people get together and, and they feel the vibrations and stuff. Why do you think um, as individuals we're, you know, we constantly um, within those situations, or, or, you know, probably go back to saying, oh, I, you know, I thought it was just me or, you know, I felt very isolated when sort of in reality, we know we know other people, you know, struggle. We know other people are going through other things, but I think it's really interesting that we sort of really contextualize what we're going through in such a isolated area of ourselves. And we sort of take away that maybe others are going through that as well. I find it really interesting. And I don't know why that is that we are, you know, we just think that, you know, where I'm just going through this or, you know, it, and then when we're in that group environment, again, there is that release of, ah, it's not, you know, it's not just me. Yeah, I think it's a, it's an awareness thing. So that's why, that's why exercises like meditation have come, they, they've just come to the forefront as essential things for our life now, because we're so, there's a tendency to get so wrapped up in the, in the constraints of our life within society now. It's just, it's, it's, it's full on. Like from the minute you wake up, there's just stuff going on. Unless you switch off and you don't turn on your phone, you know, life will come charging at you. You know, it will be it'll be like there'll, there'll always be things to do. There's always stuff to to happen. And we're constantly comparing ourselves um, uh, with what's going on around us. Also with social media um, and also with with just you know, in, in places that we want to be, we, we are comparing ourselves. And this is just so damaging to our being. And it, it really, it really makes us question ourselves. So for us to, to, to be focused on, 
oh my gosh, okay, this person's thinking in exactly the same way or like, you know, that that sometimes that doesn't even come into our heads until it's like that moment, until we're put into that situation. It's like, for example, somebody overtakes you on on the motorway or like cuts you up in a weird way. Like you, you just kind of, you know, there's a tendency to get quite annoyed at that person because they've done that. But then you don't know what might have happened. Like they might have been, you know, they might have an urgent call. They might have something might have happened to them. You just never know. So it's just being like, right, okay, reframing. I think it's I think it's also like we jump to like certain thought patterns immediately and just taking that back and thinking, right, okay, no, actually, there may be something else going on here. I'm gonna take my time and I'm not gonna react. I'm just gonna be like, okay, that's them and this is me. That's what that's what it is but I think that there's a lack of that and um with more self-awareness and awareness of what's going on around us I think we can be better at that so Mm, for sure and like you said I think society brings out probably um you know the skeptic in us and uh probably the negatives uh, within an instant in those situations as well um so that's key um I just sort of want to wrap up really and 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 just get your advice on, um, yeah, just the, the mindset of um, an individual to progress themselves forwards. Just what would you say the, the three things or, or the, the main things that you need to do as an individual to sort of start the progression of changing your mindset um, to either being happier or to uh, manifesting um, something that you want to do in your life or um just feeling maybe a little bit freer as well okay so I would say one of them would be one of the most important things would be if you can um there are loads of exercises online I've got really I've got a, a really good video that kind of breaks it down um but find out what your core values are once you find find out what your core values are then you're going to know what makes you happy and it's really that simple. Um, when you find people that you get along with or jobs that you like or um, situations that are really pleasing to you, usually they match those values. So once you know what they are, it, it, it's a massive mind shift uh, and things change quite rapidly. So uh, discover your core values would be one. Um the second thing would be taking time out and meditating daily. Um, I would say if you can, I mean, you know, um, it, it can range how much you meditate. Um, but there are loads of um, apps and also um, programs for you to just get introduced to the idea of meditation um, and understand that, you know, that that the job isn't to isn't to quieten the mind it is to train the mind and you start where you are um you know you've had however many years that you've been alive that you've been doing this pattern of behavior so give yourself a break and understand that you know you, the what you're not going to become a, a tibetan monk master in mm. five minutes you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna face some 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 mind blocks because your, your mind has been that way for maybe over 20 30 years so so you know just take a little time to start to indulge in some some 
mindfulness training or some some just meditation just maybe breath work is really interesting for that focusing on the breath um and just being able to observe that for five minutes a day or maybe five minutes twice a day is really useful and um the third thing i would say um would be moving the body um you know we have a tendency to be in our mind so much and thinking about what we're doing um but moving the body and being active within the body is really important um because you know when you find um did you say you're a football coach by the way yeah well, yeah 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 so i find i don't know when you find that you're playing football you're not really thinking about other things right yeah it's it's like the cognitive stimulation with uh like problem solving so maybe not necessarily just football um but even things like warm-ups that i find with um with my students that i try and give them quite problem solving warm-ups at the start so i find that it switches them on ready for the training essentially um and yeah me personally i find uh challenging warm-ups or things that are going to stimulate my mind get me active and ready for the actual game or for training sessions as well yeah definitely i think uh when when people are like they get up and they're already thinking about what they're going to do but instead just getting into the body and getting into the mindset of the body like moving the body and just being able to to recognize all the parts of their body that they have right now like their fingers and their joints and everything just being mindful of that and getting within that moment so that they can get the blood pumping and the breath actually just moving a bit um that tends to really make a massive difference to my day so those those things if i remember i mean the the core values thing is an exercise that once you do that it kind of is ingrained in you and you'll see shifts after you know after you've done that um but then you just kind of take that with you mindfully throughout the day and then you start to understand like why you get on with some people and why you don't get on with others or why you like situations and why you don't so it's a really powerful tool and the other two are like kind of uh meta skills that they'll really increase your capacity to do other things um if you maintain those so those are the three things i'd really say were the most like you can do right now Mm. Excellently put. For people that um, sort of want to find you or or see some of your work, where can uh, people go to find um, all your work? Um, well, right now, um, the majority of my work is on YouTube, so they can contact me just like you did um, yeah. on YouTube. Um, so it's uh, Flowvolution TV, Flowvolution underscore TV um, on YouTube. Um, and yeah, they can find me there and then there'll be some stuff coming up, which I'll, I will announce on that channel. So, um, every bit of news that I have will be on that channel. Um, and then, um, I'll have more news about, um, the launch of an artist prepared. So that's exciting. Brilliant. Really appreciate you coming on. I'm very, very, very thankful, um, for, like I said earlier, um, your messages, um, that, have helped me and and others and hopefully this can get out and and help many other people um and i wish you all the success moving forwards um in helping again hopefully thousands and thousands of people in the future thank you so much for having me and it's an honor to be on your show it's really great the work that you're doing so thank you no worries thank you very much for coming on Ray. thank you thank you as always guys thanks for listening in 
really really do appreciate um, everyone listening in Um, again as always if you could share the message you never know who it may touch so I really do appreciate it Um, again thanks very much for Rena for sharing um, her positive vibrations and knowledge Um, hopefully that can help people moving forwards if you want to check out Rena's videos on YouTube you type in Flowvolution Um, as always stay tuned for more podcasts to follow and I hope these guide you Um, emitting some positive vibrations moving forwards. Peace.